Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, I'm so excited today because I have the fabulous team from Human Power, Michelle Crawford and AJ, Alexandra Joy with me. Hey girls, how are you going? Hey now. Hello, good morning. That sounds amazing, Human Power. Mm. (laughs) You're the team that started Human Power. Tell us a little bit about that. What is Human Power? Well, actually, Human Power is a concept that came off the back of a conversation that we had at AJ's house one day. And we were talking about a different collaboration that we were going to do that clearly wasn't working. People weren't into it. There was not a lot of leverage with it. And so we just started brainstorming about how we really wanted to have a big impact. And out of that conversation, Human Power was born. So it was about us having a big impact. And we looked at things like the global development goals that the UN put out there and said, how do we tie into some of the bigger things going on in the world and have an impact at a local level that might have a ripple effect beyond that? And both of us looked at our logos and our brands as well. And mine was UQ Power and Michelle's was being more human. And so we took the human out of hers and the power out of mine. And that kind of melded together to be our joint brand of human power. I love it. That, 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 I, and I noticed that when mm. I had seen your brand, I was like, oh, it looks like it's a melding of two different yeah. two Maybe. different people, organizations, maybe ideologies. Yes. Mm. Yep, yep. The meeting of two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So rather than me kind of reading through your backgrounds, Michelle, tell us to start off with, how did you get to this point? Like, as you have a really interesting story, don't you? You've worked overseas and you've been involved in training and business development. How did you get to this point in terms of, you know, then joining up with AJ with Human Power? Yeah, I guess my really early work experience was working in war zones in humanitarian aid organisations. So that was really fascinating for a whole range of reasons and made me grow up really quickly, I think is the best way to describe it. Did you see some crazy things? Yeah, some seriously crazy things. Like and what? some stuff that I'd never talk about. It's, oh, really? It's kind of in that category. But I think suffice to say you see some very intense things about the most negative parts of human behavior and it's kind of there right in front of you and you have to work out what you're going to do about it and how you're going to interact with that. So that was pretty confronting. Yeah. And so how long ago was that? A long time long ago. Time. <laughs> that was when I was 19. Wow. So you're a baby. What's that? I don't even know. Do yeah. your math. Don't age yeah. yourself. It's a long time Two years ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> and so then you came back to Australia and... Yeah, then I came back to Australia and worked in a whole different range of human resource management roles in organisations in a range of different industries. And then I started consulting about 15 or so years ago. So... Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you interviewed me again for work cover. You know, I did. For years. So your background was always traditionally fairly corporate in marketing communications. And then you've gone on a whole new life-changing journey. Different trajectory, yes. Yeah. Although I think everything I've learned is part of the strand of pearls that you wear. You know, every little seed of career that you've done and the ideas and the concepts you've come across yeah. add into what you do today. But yeah, you could say I started out very much a corporate person and I say I was a corporate refugee who eventually got out. <laughs> but I loved my corporate time and I loved having big teams and working with lots of people on things that mattered. But now I very much, I work with corporate people and I work with CEOs and um, directors of companies, but I look more at their culture 
uh, and their well-being, both personally from a perspective of I've, I'm a yoga therapist, so I've studied Ayurveda and medicine in ancient Indian style. And so I will do therapy with people if their physical body or their mental body or their emotional body is out of balance. But then I look at their whole culture and how do we bring back well-being into workplaces. Yeah. yeah. And so you two bright little stars then joined <laughs> forces <laughs> to create human power. Mm -mm. And I've seen over the last 12 months that you have been running the Superhuman Summit. Summit. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that. I think just the timing of the first one that we ran was in March and mm. we were really conscious of a few different things. And one was that there was a whole bunch of people who were starting to work from home. They'd never done that before. They had a difference in the way they were adjusting to using their time. There were some challenges with how they would have done professional development if they're used to being in the workplace and sitting through workshops and things like that. Mm. That wouldn't be available to them anymore. And then because we're both speakers as well, we were also conscious of the speakers didn't have a platform there was nowhere for the speakers to speak yep. so we kind of came up with the idea of the superhuman summit because of those mm. reasons yeah. and we talked about it in the very first week of the pandemic we kind of just went what can we do to respond to this how could we be generous to our community and support people and we put together the first summit very quickly we had 40 speakers over eight days i don't know how we did it we didn't sleep or eat and we had people from 15 countries around the world and about three and a half thousand people tuned in and were part of that summit so it was quite phenomenal to do that in a short space of time and showed what's possible when you put a bit of human power together and we've just run our second online summit which the theme of was science and spirituality and the meeting of those two and likewise that was only three days but same thing we had a diverse range of people from all over the world that tuned in for that and so the reason why i have you two in here today was because i received an e-newsletter from you <laughs> a couple of i don't know maybe a week or so ago and the heading of that was how to achieve your biggest dream and i read that and i was like that's awesome. <laughs> Let's get the girls in here and actually and, and pull that apart a bit and have a mm. conversation around that because I think during this crazy year, especially, I'm not sure that people have necessarily had time to dream. As you were saying, Michelle, people have been in survival mode. Yeah, that's just really what I've noticed is people who, like people that I know personally who do have big dreams seem to have just put them to the side, either to the left or the right a little bit, while they've had to, or they feel like they've had to, put all of their emotional energy into the day-to-day -day survival of getting through COVID. And yet I think it's the best time, if ever, because there is a bit less noise. There's a bit less, you know, you're not driving to events and going to things all the time. There's been a lot less noise um, in our lives, you know, no kids soccer and whatever during COVID, it's been a perfect time to actually go within and to reflect and maybe look at those big dreams that you have. So I've actually found it a really fulfilling year as far as I've achieved some of my big dreams. And I've also laid groundwork for some of them because there was a bit more downtime. Mm. I was dream dreaming of travel a lot. <laughs> I really was. Astral travels, but all you got right now. <laughs> I know, but it's funny. It's one of those mm. things where when you can't do something, mm. you really want to do it. At the end of 2018, my hubby and I had gone overseas five times that year. Mm. And I remember getting to the end of that year and I was exhausted and was like, I'm not traveling 2019. I have no inclination whatsoever to travel. And we didn't. And then who would have thought 2020? 
<laughs> well, we were meant to be in Tuscany trekking yeah. only a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah, we had a Borneo trip planned for April. I think everyone has a story about a trip they had planned yeah. that they couldn't do. Mm. But I also think it makes you more resourceful about how you can use your time. Yeah. You know, it's not always about going to another country and seeing how different people live, as magical as that can be. Sometimes it's about hanging out with your family and being there and seeing local things that we've got to see. Yeah, as well. Mm. I'm going to um, give a shout out to our city. I think our city has been really great in terms yeah. of that, putting on local, you know, whatever they can, you know, local infrastructure, local events. I love it. I've I've never really fully appreciated all the great things about our city. And what a great city to be in lockdown in. Yeah. <laughs> Where you can still Absolutely. go for a walk near the beach. Yeah. yeah, we were very lucky. Yeah. Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. Hi girls. Michelle, let's start with you. What's your biggest dream? Well, there's two big dreams for me. One is the business, the being more human business that I run. And then the other one is a documentary that AJ and I are going to be starting to film Mm -hmm. and explore this year. So with the business, it's been running for six years now. So I guess it's an example of a dream that I've had that is now actualized and materialized and it's my day-to-day kind of world. But within it, we have a particular tech platform that we use. And so it's that tech platform that is really the core of the dream at the moment in terms of being more human. Yeah. Mm. What about yourself, my friend? So I have a real process for dreaming. So I have a four-step process, idealize, visualize, verbalize, materialize. And I always go through that with everything I do and when I talk to clients. And so I always have a number of ideas and dreams and I pluck them out of the air now and then and pull them down and play with them. But probably for me, I've just realized my biggest dream for the last kind of three to five years, and that is to find a piece of land to create a bit of a community space for people to come to for healing and for getting back to our roots and Mother Nature and the way, I guess, ancient and Indigenous cultures lived. So that, you know, has been an idea and a visualize for a number of years. And I've been verbalizing it and annoying everyone with it, I think, for some time. And <laughs> finally, really important part of dreaming. Yeah, right? yeah. It's really important to talk that about you it. say that because mm. to actually announce what it is that you're going to do, it gives it a life and it gives it also a sense of accountability that you just don't get if you hide it and keep it in your own head. Absolutely. And, oh, there you go. <laughs> Heighten it. And also for me, I write a gratitude letter every year, which I write as if it's already a year ahead. So I kind of do that projective, futuristic visualize every year. But yeah, I verbalized it a lot. And it's just materialized in that I've bought a piece of land and a property that has got beautiful ancient rocks on it. And, you know, will create a space for people to come to and be part of. So that's been a big dream for a while. And the other one, as Michelle just mentioned, is that we're going to work on a documentary together about following energy Mm, and so we're super excited to see where that takes us and I, I like the fact with that big vision that it is a bit of a mystery tour we we probably need to put some meat on the bones of what it will feel like when it's done and when people first sit and watch it. But the process of doing it is a bit of a mystery tour. Have you seen that documentary Heal on Netflix? Yes. It's yes. great. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Mm. It's that, that kind of genre Flavor. is exactly what we're looking at with Follow the Energy. Mm. Yeah. But And I guess I have big visions as well about just globally and the world and you know there's a significant date coming up soon in December that there's an Uluru process happening that our Indigenous culture here in Australia is doing and you know it's very much about the world shifting and humanity coming back to. Is that December 21? It is yeah. yes. Because I've heard 
people um, yeah. around the world, something's happening on December Yeah, 21. there's a lot of planetary alignment so happening. Yeah, so Jupiter and Saturn are closer together than they have been in more than 200 years. Yeah. So it's called the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. Yeah. Mm. And a significant point in time that Indigenous cultures have been working towards for about three years and doing ceremonies and preparing for where they really believe humanity has an opportunity to move to more into a love space rather than fear and war and all of those sorts of things. And it's also the, well, people debate this, but some people are saying it's also the start of the age of Aquarius as Mm. well. So what's your big dream now? I probably don't sit there and and do a lot of big dreaming for myself. It's funny in terms of got your back sister because that's consumed such a large part of my life. I am very much, I suppose, almost a bit of a moment by moment, month by month, mm. year by year. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I suppose, say to myself, things will arise as we need to do them. I don't know if that's... A Follow thing. the energy, yeah. which is kind of what our doco is yeah. about. But I think that's a perfect example of how dreaming is so personal. There's not one way to dream that everyone should subscribe to, yeah. you know, that kind of works and you've got to follow yeah. this particular set of steps or whatever. Dreaming's not like that. Dreaming is such an, uh, it's such an emergent thing that is different for each individual. Yeah. And I think what's important is that you know what your process is and that you can leverage your process. Yeah. It's not important that your process is the same as the person sitting beside you. Yeah. And yeah. I think you had... A dream, though, about creating a charity that served women in that time of need Mm. and that filled a gap in the community that other services weren't providing. And in lots of ways, your ability to be more in the moment and follow the breadcrumbs allows you to be more flexible and less rigid than perhaps some of the other charities are where they go, this is what we do. You're able to adapt and flow. So you're still kind of living that dream or creating that. Yeah, I guess so. And it's funny because I suppose in terms of like the retail program that we ran for the first time and and had women graduate, you know, that came from an idea, you know, in a board meeting going, wouldn't it be great if we could educate women and, and help them get employment? and um, do work experience in the op shop and then it's like it's that's almost intention setting and and then it's happened mm. and in a yeah. way that's showing manifestation as well as having a big vision a big vision doesn't need to mean it's big and chunky but you know you're still doing that process of idealize visualize verbalize materialize you still had an idea that yeah. came up in a meeting you know you visualized what would it look like if women could get jobs at the end of something yeah you talked about it and then made it happen so yeah, it's yeah. just maybe you're actually doing it quicker yeah right <laughs> i will share one personal dream that i oh. had years ago i saw a movie it was called malice it was a thriller <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i remember in that movie there was a house on the edge of a cliff overlooking the ocean and i've always remembered that and it's always been a little dream of mine to have a house doesn't need to be a big house that is overlooking the ocean mm. and i visualize having the time and space to have that and to be there and to write or record or you know what mm. i mean and because i find the only time i really switch off my brain is when i leave town right. <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean so yeah. i go that's my little dream is that Craig and I get a place that's, you know, within two hours or so that I can go, I'm going there for five days because I know that I can switch, switch off. off. Mm. Whereas I, when I'm in ta- when I'm in Newcastle in town, I don't switch off very often. Yeah. Yeah. That's anyway. nice. That's a nice dream. Yeah, and it's a got a dream. lot of feeling and connection in it too. Yeah. 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 Mm. So girls, tell me, how am I going to make that happen? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what's so important about dreaming is that you don't get into the how. Yes. Right? This is a discipline and it's an art form. 
you've got to stay in the dream. You've got to stay in the possibility. You've got to stay in the wondering. The minute your brain goes into the how, you're on a slippery slope and it doesn't work. Yep. And and I say make it tangible as far as not the how but the end result. What will I see? What will I hear? What will I feel? feel? How will I know that I'm there? And we just recently ran an immersive day and we did a visualisation for people for about an hour that was about where do they see themselves in 20 years' time. So even doing a bit of process of that and sitting and going, imagine it is now 2030. Who do I want to be walking beside? You know, what do I look like 10 years from now? How do I want to feel? You know, what is my health like? Yeah. You know, how do I want to spend my days? Like, do I want to go once a month, I go to this beachside place? Yeah. Because the, the, really the, the most important thing about dreaming that people don't understand is a dream is always about the emotion that sits underneath it and mm-hmm. how that emotion makes you feel. And it doesn't matter whether you have a dream about a business like I do or a dream about a house on the side of the cliff or a dream about buying your property. It's not about those things. It's about the feeling that you're going to get as a result of interacting with those things. Mm. Yeah. That's what people are chasing. They're chasing the feeling. They're not chasing the house. They're not chasing the new car. They think they are, yeah. but they're not. They're chasing the feeling. Which is... Different from goal setting. Yes. Yeah. Setting very, goals. Very much. Yeah. 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 Because goal setting is all about the, the doing, isn't it? It's like yes. setting yep. the goal and then having the action plan. How am I going to do that in the time frame? Mm. But so this is very different. Yep. And I guess part of me buying land is because I have a lifelong dream to grow a rainforest. And so I have no idea how. And I've never done that before, but I know it will show up. But my dream is about like when I'm 80, standing or walking through that rainforest and seeing a diversity of plants, of animals, smelling the air, all of that. So it's about the feeling of what's possible and that we can contribute as opposed to, I have no idea what I'm going to plant or why and but how. Even, the, <laughs> even our goal or our dream of doing the documentary We've never done a documentary before. We have zero clue, less than zero clue (laughs) about what we're doing, right? Nada. But we know that we can do it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we know that it's just a matter of asking this person and asking this person and then the story starts to emerge and the the how actually starts to emerge. We Mm. don't have to construct it. It comes to us, right? And that's because we have faith in our dreaming process. Yes, And I think a lot of people also listen to others that go, how are you going to do that? And you don't have resources for that. And who do you think you are? And so they listen to all of that rather than getting back into their childlike imagination, which is just, I'm going to be a fairy princess or whatever it is. And allowing that dream to fill up your heart and your mind and all of your cells without that naysayer voice. I agree because I think people can be naysayers. They yes. go, you're crazy. What do you think? What do you want to do that for? That's ridiculous. How many people told you that when you started but a you charity? Know, the, 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 yeah, silliest thing, <laughs> the silliest thing is we listen to those people. Yeah. Yes. It's not so much about what those people are saying. Let them own their own stuff. Yeah. But we're listening to that. Yeah. Yes. Why do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. Do you find in your work life, coaching and consulting with people, that they share with you what some of their big dreams are? Yeah, it's quite surprising what people share with you when you're coaching them. You get to know them in a very, almost a very intimate way in many respects because they're sharing ideas or dreams or thoughts that sometimes they haven't even shared with their own husband or wife or partner Mm. um, because they feel safe to do so. There's this space that you create for them where 
you know, nothing's kind of off the table in terms of the conversation. So, yeah, people do share a lot. And what I find interesting, I have a couple of friends and clients who dream big dream often and they tend to listen to a lot of motivational stuff and they're like, hell yeah, I can do it, you know. But the majority of my clients, I would say, almost apologise before they share a dream. So they're almost like, I don't know if I should tell you this or, you know, I've been thinking about this and they are hesitant to share even. So there's something about us that doubts that or that doubts other people will accept that. And, you know, it's our job as coaches and mentors to be non-judgmental. So I love hearing people's dreams and I love cheering for people, but I do find a lot of people are apologetic about it or, Mm. you know, almost they'll look down, they'll hide their face. They won't just stand proud and share. I think just generally in society, it's not very accepted as a practice. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Mm. it's kind of, if it's not frowned upon, it's not seen as that cool if you're a dreamer, you know. Like I know my, on my Facebook profile, I have, I am the dreamer behind being more human. Yeah. And I have that very intentionally because I I love dreaming. I I wouldn't (laughs) have the life that I have today without a very active imagination that I also have with it. Yeah. You know, so I love to do it. But I don't think in general it's a very accepted thing. And a very cultural thing here in Australia. I think people don't want to share if they dream big or something. People are a bit like, who do you think you are? Or a little bit tall poppy goes on. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to say that is such an Australian thing. Do you think that's our heritage? Convicts, tin cup. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Because I know when when we could travel and I was doing quite a bit of work in America, I didn't find it as much there. And it was actually more encouraged that you should have big dreams. Like there was a lot of you go girl, you know, going on. Whereas here people are like, oh, that's interesting. And how do you think think you're going to do that? I think the question of dreaming is very interesting culturally, you know, because I'm thinking in Africa and there's, there's lots of people that live in different African countries that have incredible dreams, but it's their circumstances are such that it makes it even more difficult, I think, for them to have the sort of dreams. Mm. You know, they're coming from a very different, level Baseline. of access to food access to accommodation shelter so yeah. their capacity to dream is different yeah mm. and i think they're a bit more restricted in some countries around the world yeah. but then i also remember you know people like victor frankel that wrote man's search for meaning you know as a prisoner of war he talked about his imagination and dreaming of walking in the park with his family and hand in hand and things like that that helped him get through you know the horrible circumstances he was in and and so even if you only verbalize with one person or you write it in a book and that's how you verbalize it you don't share it with others i think don't limit your own thought process like allow that right brain the creative side to tell the left brain to be quiet for a while and get out of the how and instead just shoot for the moon yeah. And I think people can often edit themselves yeah. in the dreaming process. Yeah. So if they were unedited, they might have had this kind of really interesting, connected process that's come up with a dream they have, but they've stopped themselves at each step of the way. And so they've got this little tiny portion of what could have been possible, yeah. you know, because of their own self-limiting beliefs. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So AJ, let's go back to your four steps for achieving dreams. Mm-hmm. What are your four steps again? 
So number one is idealize. So have the idea at first. And so that might be just journaling every day or being inspired by other creative people you see around you in the world that gives you ideas, you know, put yourself in a space where you can have ideas and not filter them like Michelle said. So just allow ideas, brainstorm with yourself. Do you know what I love? Sorry. I love books like Cabin Porn. Have you seen that book, Cabin Porn? No. It's this gorgeous little book. I've got it at home and it's just all different cabins <gasps> yes, all over yes. the world. And I go, every time I look at that book, I just go, oh, wow. You get inspired. get by. so inspired. And there's another book I've got at home called Nomads. Yeah, And it, it's, again, it's another picture book. I suppose I'm very visual. Mm. And seeing those different places around the world that you could travel or get off the beaten track, I find that so yeah. inspiring. Or get out in nature, right? Yeah. Because if you think your dreams are impossible, have a look at nature. <laughs> you know, and you'll see a tree growing off the face of a cliff and you go, that's impossible, but yeah. it happens. So idealize first, um, then visualize. So that's where you need to get a really clear picture. And that's what I was talking about, sensory. So thinking through all your senses, what will I see? What will I hear? What will I feel? How will I know? You know, is there a taste? Anything at all. So that kind of visualize is visual, but also kinesthetic, auditory, all of those things. So getting as if it's already happened, what will that feel like? What will it be like? Then verbalize it. So then start talking about it, vision boarding it, find safe people to talk to about it or write it in your journal, whatever that might be, but get it down somehow and then it will materialize. Yeah. And so the more you've visualized all of the pieces, I think that's when you start seeing clues because that's when you start going, oh, that just showed up. Oh, that just showed up. And actually I was talking to a client this morning before coming here who has a five-year vision. And he was saying, I just saw a clue. Like last week, I saw a clue. And so, you know, it's kind of celebrate then the clues. And he said, I'm not really even focused on it. Like he put the five-year vision out there, but already has seen some evidence show up. And that's what I was talking about, about how it comes to you. I think there's one other thing to add in front of your four steps which is to create the space Mm. because the majority of people just don't create the space. So give yourself a day in January every year or in December or whatever it's going to be, create some space for you, you know, have some drawing materials, go somewhere creative, be in the bush, whatever it might be, but you're creating the space to then actually embark upon those four steps of AJ's mentioning because there's so many people that kind of, sit here and whinge and moan and whatever about their lives not being how they want it to be but they've never gone out and done that step of creating the space to really dare to think about how it could be what's possible what could this look like for me yeah you know and so i think that part at the front end sets up the rest of it to work beautifully And one of the things we talked about at our immersion is even choosing a day or a way to do that because often that's the stuff we'll put off. We'll let life be busy and not allow us to create that space. And I was talking to the real estate agent that sold me my land the other day and he said he puts puts aside every 30th of the month or you could choose the 31st. And so that's five days a year or seven days a year that you go, if it's the 30th of the month, that's my day for dreaming. And actually to just block that out in your calendar. So find a way to make space for yourself yeah i love that i'm going to do that yeah beautiful (laughs) okay girls is there any other dreaming tips before we wrap up our episode i think nike says it's best (laughs) yeah just Just do do it it. (laughs) just do it just do it just do it beautiful so soul sisters 
when you hear this podcast, go and share out what are your biggest dreams. Mm. And I'm sure that AJ and Michelle would love to hear from you yeah. as well. So what are your contact details? So being more human is all over in- Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, mm-hmm. as well as our beingmorehuman.com.au website. And I'm probably best on LinkedIn. That's how most people find me, Alexandra Joy. And um, also just to say on my property, instead of having a guest book, I've already got little cards with ribbon or a string attached to them. And so I tell people when they visit to write their dream on one of the cards and hang it from a tree. And so it blows in the breeze. It's, you know, becomes part of nature or whatever. So maybe even do that. Write some of your dreams down on something and either plant them in the soil or go and hang them in a tree somewhere. So literally put it out there in the universe mm. yeah i just remembered one dream that i have something i've always wanted to do and that's to go spend six to 12 months living in another country oh wow i'm yes. gonna verbalize that excellent <laughs> i have a couple of uh, friends a husband and wife in miami and they had a dream for that and they said they knew they wouldn't make it happen until they really committed and told people and yeah. so they did and they put it out there and now before COVID, they would travel six months every year. So they would rent their apartment in Miami out every year and they'd choose a different country because they could both work online and they would live and work in a different country. And last time I Zoom called with them, they were in Florence living for six months. So absolutely possible. We love that dream, Mel. So yeah, everyone share and and maybe create a bit of a dream catcher on on Facebook. Make it go viral when this goes live. Yeah, absolutely. Because you could be inspiring somebody else to dream big. Mm. Thanks, all sisters. Thanks for coming thank you thank you thanks for listening to hey soul sister with mel histon what would help you on your crazy life journey email melissa at the sister code.com